Hello and welcome to Punk Goes Pod, the weekly podcast chronicling Fearless Records' Punk Goes series. This week we will be discussing Cole S's Blue Collar Lullaby from 2003's Punk Goes Acoustic One. Hello. Hello. I I, I need to breathe now because that was a lot. That was a lot. You handled it beautifully. Thank you. We had a few false starts where we just got silly before we'd barely begun talking about anything. So, That's why I'm not a professional runner now, because I just had too many false starts. Uh, Actually, no, when we would do sports in school, I'm pretty sure I would do... I was very eager to be running, so I would false start a lot. Really? Yeah. I just didn't do sports. Well, you, I mean, in primary school, you had to at Ryan. Yeah, that's true. like, we're doing sports, and unless you've got a broken leg, you're going to run. We had this thing in primary school called the K-Run... And it was literally just like run to the end of a road and back near our primary school. And apparently it was a kilometre. Okay. And I remember crying at the prospect of having to do that when I was a kid. And now it really doesn't seem that bad. Like No, and like in the country, a kilometre is really just a drop of a distance. Yeah. But for some reason, the idea of running 500 metres and then running back 500 metres was just too much. Yeah. Yeah, no, I get you. So... You know, we had little legs back then. Yeah. I was also very chubby, and still am, but I just... I was never cut out for sport. <laughs> we used to do one that was called cross-country. Oh, basically, yeah. yeah. Basically, you ran across the beach, and then you ran into some bushes, and then you ended up in the car park at the beach. So huh. it wasn't really, it wasn't really you know, across different levels of country, but, <laughs> you know, we did what we could. Yeah. Do you remember the beep test? Yeah. I think there's an equivalent in the US. It's like the fitness pacer test. Or Anyway, it sucks. That's all we Yeah, need. I'm trying to remember the, the proper name for it, but it's... I think... It's wasn't like it just the, the beep test? The fitness scram pacer test or something. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. It sucked. I don't, I don't know. The beep test sucked as well. Yeah. But that was back when I, you know, could actually run without dying, so... I, I never could. A- anyway, I... Got us to restart this because we went off track and then we immediately went off track. No, we went on a track, but that was the wrong track. This is true. Yeah. How's your week been? Yeah, it's been good. I did my first drive entirely by myself. So, feeling pretty empowered right now. Do you want me to play the celebration sound? (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) That was delightful. But that's something that I would enjoy a lot more than everyone else to hear again, I'm sure. (laughs) Although it is very funny. <laughs> um, yeah, we've been together for eight years this week. Yes. So that's nothing to sneeze at. And we've had our cat for two. We have. Exactly this week as well. And he is sleeping, sleeping next, next to us in a little igloo. 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 So. I sleep in igloo. <laughs> so we've had a lot to celebrate this week. And, How's well... It? I'm a bit upset, though. Why? Because, you know, on SoundCloud, that's where we primarily operate. We're also on iTunes. Hit mm-hmm. us up. I missed us reaching 666 plays on SoundCloud. <laughs> and 
I'm missing all the milestones. I missed 69 plays. I missed 420 plays. And now I'm missing 666 plays. And now I understand Cats in the Cradle. I feel like our little podcast is growing up. And before long, it's going to be saying, fuck you, dad, moving out. And and I'm just going to be left alone in my giant Citizen Kane mansion. Citizen Kane? Was it in Citizen Kane? No. Oh. I'm, no, I'm pretty sure it was a couple decades after Citizen Kane, but, you know. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> All I can think of is the Simpsons version where it's like, hey, we have no bananas or something. And then he starts crying. <laughs> yeah. And Marge is like, I know, Homer. He's like, no, didn't you hear, Marge? We have no bananas. <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm not actually sad. I would have liked to have seen 666 plays, but, you know. I guess, what will be the next, like, milestone? A thousand. Yeah, this is true. But, like, funny milestone. Uh, I guess 1,234. Not funny, but, like... Yeah, that'll be pretty cute. Yeah. Or, like, 69,420. Yeah, or just 69... What, 6,969. Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah. Yeah. And some kid out there is like, damn it, how, like, don't reveal the, the code to the end of my, you know, password for my, <laughs> my PlayStation account. Remember that time we went out to eat with Jason? Shout out to Jason if you're listening. And our bill came to $69 and then there was a 10% GST on top of it. So it came to $69.69. No, but I'm, I'm sad now that I've forgotten this. It was very good because... Yeah, they were running up the bill and they're like, it's ha 69 bucks. And we were like, nice. And they were like, hang on, $69, 69 And we were like, nice. Was this a CNG? Yeah. Because I feel like they would definitely bring that up. Yeah. <laughs> that was delightful. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I would definitely have a, a, you know, serving people in a bottle shop and, you know, when something would be $69 and like if they were, you know, especially schoolies, they could get the... <laughs> Was that from you or from the customer? Yeah, no, the customer wasn't laughing. It was me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, for two. But yeah, no, it's been been an interesting week. I um, I saw a girl mm. coming as I was going to the train station at Flinders Street um, Station this week. She was wearing all pink, so like it was like a long pink jacket, pink shirt. She had pink hair. Mm-hmm. But her face was stone. I love that. She was just, like, completely stoic. Like, no, nothing. She didn't want anyone to look at her. But she was completely decked out in the brightest colour you could think. The most obnoxious colour you could think. Well, I guess it's that's just sort of the eternal thing is, like... Well, not eternal, because there's heaps more important stuff. But, like, you want to express who you are, but then also, like, leave me alone when I'm out in public. I feel like she she's a goth going to an ironic party. Like, all of her goth friends are, are going to be there, and then she's going to show up in pink, and then they're all just going to be like, ha, 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 how humorous. Because that's how goths talk. Sure. Yeah. I think she's probably just... Living her best life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have one item of pink clothing and lots of pink accessories and 
I love it. Uh, I used to really not enjoy Pink, and I've embraced it in recent years. No, me, me neither. But you know, Mark Hoppus made us open our eyes to the idea of Pink. I have a black shirt with some pink on it. You do. My my Young Bucks shirt. Shout out to wrestling. Yeah. Just wrestling in general. Yeah. And I also had a girl at Coles today make me realize that I yes am old. Why? Because I purchased a knife through the the self serve section, <laughs> yeah. and it stops you when you're trying to purchase a sharp knife. And it's like, and I said to her, I said, "Oh, and, you know," and I was ha- I was already having issues with it. She had come to me three times. This with was it, he time. means the self service checkout. With the self service checkout function. Yeah. And she's like, "Oh, it's just you know, you can't buy it if you're under 18. And I said to her, "Do you want to see my ID?" And she just sort of she did the same thing. She was like. <laughs> Don't need to make me feel feel that bad. Yeah, I don't know. I must admit I do kind of miss getting ID'd. But at the same time, it's more of a hassle than it is flattering. I've only I've only been ID'd well after I actually had an ID. Yeah. Yeah. As well. I once used my brother's ID. <laughs> you guys? Like, you look sort of similar, but not really not at enough. all. That's really great. It was a big day out. Oh, they he, probably just gave no craps. He, he wanted to go to the alcohol area. I was 17? 16. I was 16. And they had two two areas that you could go to get a wristband. And he's like, you go to one and I go to the other. Yep. Use my ID. And he's like, yeah, no, they won't look. And literally they were like, they looked and then gave me the <laughs> They literally did not give a flying F about that. And then we sat in there and he had a couple of drinks and I drank nothing. You I should have just had a drink. I didn't want to drink anything. Uh, at that point, at that point, I was scared of alcohol. Sorry, that was really assumptive. That's not even a word, is it? Presumptuous? I don't know. Presumptuous with alcohol. Presumptuous that I should have gone to see some 41 when they played nearby. I... <laughs> anyway, Coles. Yes. <laughs> As there is still breath left in Again, you did the heavy lifting by way of all of the research this week. I am going to hand it over to you to talk about the band. So this is this is an interesting one because we mentioned it comes from from the acoustic album, the first acoustic album. It's one of the first one. Oh, it's the first one that we're covering that's not actually a cover of a previously recorded song. Yeah, I feel a bit jibbed, but that's not even a word. I feel a bit robbed because. We could have skipped these ones because they're not covers and that would have shortened our schedule by a couple of weeks, but... Yeah, we might have literally gotten like two months taken from it. (laughs) And in the long scheme of things, when this thing's going to be like... 2024. Yeah, when this thing's going to be like 60 months worth of work, then um, 
yeah, what what is like two extra months at that point? Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. anyway. So so like we'll get to eventually rise against its swing life away, and that was never. They never did, like, a hard punk version of Swing Life Away. That was just an acoustic version. Yeah, see, I'm such a dum-dum, because I just... I knew that as a thing. But I never sort of made that connection with regards to this podcast. Like, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, and we'll be looking at them. But there was no sort of, hang on a minute, that wasn't a cover. But anyway. Yeah. No, I, um... So I did the thing that I sometimes do, which is I listened to them on Spotify, but I didn't... I listened to one of their albums, I believe it was... Ooh, I can't remember what the album was. Um, yeah. On, yeah, listen to it on Spotify. It was like their 99 album. And I was kind of shocked with, I don't want to say shocked by how good it was, but shocked by how different it was compared to a lot of what we've spoken about. Like, it's not pop punk, it's not punk. It's this sort of mixture between metalcore, mm-hmm. but this sort of like almost converge level of metalcore, hardcore. Yeah. So like, really groovy style guitars and yeah the scream growls but like sort of like the yells and yeah i was not kind i was not really expecting that when listening to one of their actual albums yeah it's pretty good actually yeah yeah and and again i don't want to be like oh my god i can't believe how good this actually was because that's kind of an insult i got i got told that by my by my one of my managers at bunnings in, like, one of my last weeks, it was like, oh, you actually did a good job last week. And I was like, okay, thanks. Yeah, it's just that sort of qualify. We're like, oh, you actually look really nice today. It's just yeah. like, oh. You could just say, you did a good job last week, and I'd go, okay, cool. Yeah. Thank you. But that actually says, you don't usually do a good job. Yeah. You don't usually look Like, good. you have surpassed my expectations yeah. of you. Uh, I don't want to, I don't want to sound like that, because this is yet another band that we have not heard of before uh, yeah like i i feel like i vaguely remember the name but beyond that they could have been anyone yeah look i've probably read the name somewhere in a magazine somewhere or something but i feel like i should talk about the band a little bit mm-hmm. and it's an interesting one this is probably the first one and i shouldn't reveal that i don't do all the research But this is the first one where I've read the Wikipedia page from top to bottom because it's actually pretty interesting. Actually. Sorry. I'm not, you know, usually the Wikipedia page for a band is like, yeah, they met in high school. They found this other person on the internet and the other is an alien from Galactus. I think my favourite Wikipedia articles are the ones where it's so obvious that their marketing team have written it. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of, I'm trying to think of one, I think even the Cole S one, it's like the wording's like a little bit better than it should be. Yeah. Like someone has definitely made copy for it and it wasn't just a anonymous user. Anyway. The one that, the one that comes to mind always is the taxi ride. Yes. I was about to say. Cause I remember you, you sent me that or you told me about that while I was on break at work one day. <laughs> And you were just you were just so entertained by it. So for those of you playing at home, Taxi Ride are oh, were know. slash are loosely a band, an Aussie band, and they were huge in the early two thousands. They had this single creeping up slowly, which was great. Um 
And so a couple of years ago, out of nowhere, I was like, God damn, like, where are Taxi Ride up to? Mm. Like, where are they these days? Like, what's happening? Because they have this really amazing song, How I Got This Way, which is, like, so delightful and, like, earnest and good. I'm probably going to chuck in a little snippet in this sure, podcast because... Because yeah, we've only got one song that we're Exactly. So go Taxi Ride. <laughs> But, yeah, every now and then I'll sort of have these moments where I'm like, I wonder who or where this person went or this band, like, what happened to them? And I just go into an internet, like, K-hole. And so, yeah, Taxi Ride. I was looking them up on Wikipedia and then it led me to their lead singer, Jason Singh. Jason or his PR person has absolutely written his Wikipedia article, because it just sounds... Do you honestly think he has a PR person? I don't know. Like Their, their song was big in Australia. Yeah, look... I don't, I don't, I don't know if you'd necessarily say that they... I don't know. Look, he might. But I also very much want to believe that he just did it himself. Yeah. So, I don't know. Um, it's... Truly delightful. Now I look at it again, it seems it's a little more tempered than I remember it being, but yeah. It's L- just a little bit it's a little bit obnoxious. Yeah, well it's just like for instance, he held a special performance on second September twenty sixteen at Flying Saucer Club in Melbourne to celebrate the achievement, which was being a debut solo album, I think it was. Yeah. Um and, yeah, it was the first chance to hear all six songs in a live arena. It's just like, that, anyway. I am not doing this any justice, but long story short, everyone go listen to Taxi Ride, because they're great. I want to know how to make a Wikipedia page, because, funnily enough, there's a, another Sam Merrifield, who's my best friend, who Owns- fights space crabs, and he is a stuntman astronaut. Well, there's a and... Sam Merrifield who owns or is the namesake of a public library in Mooney Ponds. Yeah, but he's boring. Because he's... Fucking... Because he was a politician from, like, the 19th century. Well... <sighs> I'm talking about Spaceman Sam. I want to make a Wikipedia page about him. And he <laughs> looks very much like me as well. I... <laughs> I remember a friend and I used to just... Or at least my friend did it. We used to go into the library at school and just dick around on the computers and one time she like edited some random wikipedia article and just put a hi emma at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like yo check this out <laughs> that was the peak of comedy back then and then yeah it was deleted probably like an hour later or oh, something but... we have already discussed some of our favorite wikipedia oh, pages yeah i uh yeah i could talk about that ray romano one for hours it's just so funny I looked at one the other day that was lists of lists of lists. Hell yeah. And it was, it was like, lists, a page, it was all the lists of lists of listed stuff. So like, I, it was basically an index for lists. Yeah. And it was like, so the one I looked at was banned books. Yeah. I ended up going through to banned books. Yeah. 
That's cooked. But Cole S's Wikipedia page reads something like a tumultuous couple going through many, many rough patches. And Do yes, tell. I, uh, I came up with that one. That's my three years of creative writing experience for you. Just a fun fact. Our show notes just have Sam in brackets after <laughs> these types of statements. <laughs> so. There was the one that I put in... Oh, yeah, like baby teeth. <laughs> I was like, I'm so happy with that. So, Coles formed in 1994 in Kansas City, Missouri by guitarist Jess Steinerger, bassist Stacy Hilt, and drummer Jim Red. Shortly after, vocalist Sean Ingram would join. They started off as kind of as this thing called, or like this subgenre of music called Krishnakor. Cool. Which is hardcore with, I guess, Hare Krishna ideologies. That's cool. I'm trying to... There's... There's like a bigger band that's Krishna core. And... Oh, it's someone that's like, I'm going to go... Oh, yeah. It isn't like Propagandi or anything like that, is it? Propagandi... No, Fugazi, I believe. Fugazi? Fugazi. Interesting. Uh, I no, I'm I'm just I'm riffing here. You absolutely are. <laughs> uh, Cro-Mags is the name oh, I'm thinking of. Okay, well there you go. So uh, again, I'm not sure if they uh, I'm not sure if they still classify themselves as Krishnakor, but at some point they were very much Krishnakor. So there you go, Krishnakor. Yeah, I don't know. I've, I've seen them around in the city a bit, but I never thought that maybe they might pick up a guitar and want to start playing aggressive music. That's kind of the, like one of the cool things about hardcore, though, is like you see, and there's like Iranian hardcore. Yeah, and, that's cool. And like Bad Brains, which I think they were like Jamaican, and like they might have done a bit of like Rasta hardcore. Oh, sick! Yeah, I've I've known of Bad Brains for. Like a decade, but I've never actually listened to a I, single. They get name dropped by so many like iconic punk slash rock bands, and I'm always like, "Oh, cool!" And I just never actually listen to them because I'm the worst. And they kind of their their logo, like the Bad Brains. What do you say? Like the font is mm-hmm. very kind of iconic, especially in punk scenes. Yeah. So maybe one of these days. Uh-huh. Maybe one of these days. Uh, they were signed to Earache Records, then later Relapse. In 1995, they experienced their first breakup. Oh, Aww, damn. While on tour as well. That sucks. That's like, you know, if you were to break up on the middle of a vacation, why are you going to be mad on vacation? <laughs> Fun fact, I was broken up with at the end of a vacation once. And B- then before you actually got home, yeah. Like, and then he was like, "Do you want to sit next to me on the train?" I was just like, "No." <laughs> uh, I, good times. I'm. I don't want to laugh at it, but at the same oh, it's time, very it's very funny. Like, it's like, dude, just wait a couple hours. That's yeah. Like uh, till she's till she's home and and can just be home and not on a fucking train still. Oh, that was very funny. Never mind. What a time. Tensions became too much between Ingram and Red, the latter convincing the rest of the band to fire the vocalist. 
Damn. Ingram learned of his replacement when he came to band practice and discovered James DeWeese. And we will get back to him later. Oh, he absolutely will. Auditioning for the role of vocalist. Could you imagine that, though? Like, he's probably thinking, all right, yeah, we had a fight, but, like, I'll go and apologize. And then there's some other dude, like, all, like, there practicing to be your replacement. Doesn't that basically happen at the start of School of Rock? (laughs) Uh, you've seen it more than me, so... Yeah. Possibly? Because uh, what's his name? I want to say Dewey, but I don't know. That's right, because isn't it his his old band that is also playing the Battle of the Bands yeah. at the end? Yeah. <laughs> That's such a good movie. That is a really good movie. Anyone who says otherwise is a poser and they need to think about their life. It's so good. We should watch that tonight. We should. But anyway. I just... Yeah. No, and I feel like there's something else where it's like... It's like you learn of they've learned about this thing like when they actually go there, and there's yeah. like just a new person there. Yeah, so, that's harsh. Uh, inevitably, a confrontation brewed between Ingram and Red, causing the band to break up in '96. Oh no! Four months later, Ingram, Hilt, and Steiniger reformed the band while Red was now out. So mm-hmm. the, the guy who initially wanted to kick out the, the <laughs> vocalist was then... No, no, he decided, like, I'm going to go back to university. Oh, I'm going to go see, to college. I thought they all sort of realised he was a huge asshole and, like, did something about it. No, but the craziest thing is, the guy that they got to replace him on the drums was the guy that they were going to replace Sean Ingram with on vocals, James DeWeese. What a twist. <laughs> it's great. It is like a M. Night Shyamalan. Oh, Shyamalama Ding Dong. Twist. It's, uh, ah, oh, it, it, again, like, I was just, like, fascinated. At first, it got me with Krishna Kaur. I was like, what is that? And then it just, I kept reading and going, yes, 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 with all of this. Yeah. So interesting. This is a soap opera in hardcore. It certainly is. However, the band seemed to suffer more breakups due to reasons such as personality clashes and religious differences. They would officially call it quits in 2010. Damn. That that was a ride from start to finish. How good was that, though? I would watch that as a movie. I feel like... I would watch that as a short movie. I feel like we could have gotten through all of that a lot quicker than we did. I, I would, I would watch, <laughs> I would watch that as an Adult Swim episode of a television show because most of those go for eleven minutes. That's true. Sure, yeah, those. yeah. Um, yeah, we probably could have gotten through that a lot quicker, but wasn't it entertaining that we didn't? Entertaining for the listener, maybe. You could say that, yeah. Not entertaining for you. I... <laughs> a, a practice in frustration for you. I just. Next week, I'm going to challenge you to write your notes in dot points and riff, because you are a lot better at it than you think. Look, there's dots. There's dots. There's, but they're full sentences. There's dots. <laughs> oh. I've, oh, look, I've written out some fun facts about the band in dot form. You have, but you've said that they're short and sharp when they are not. <laughs> hey. I will let you move on to these short, sharp facts. They're one of the pioneers of math core. Mm-hmm. Other notable math core slash math metal bands include Rest in Peace, The Dillinger Escape Plan, and Converge. That's right. I forgot that you really liked Dillinger. Oh, I love Dillinger Escape Plan. They are cool. Did we see them at Soundwave once? No. I saw them. I've seen them twice at Soundwave, and then I went and saw them at what is now 
formerly um, the Hi-Fi bar that's now Max Watts. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. So I saw them at Max Watts with um, Duran Gray was opening for them. And that was amazing. Yeah. That was like, that was the one time it was like, I've seen the Black Dahlia murder like five or six times and they were playing the same night with Gua, but I was like, no, I think I want to go see the Dillinger escape plan. But then like two months later, the lead singer of Gua overdosed and died. Yeah. But I did see Gua at Soundwave, so that was cool. Yeah. But it was like the one time I was like, no, actually I don't want to go see the Black Dahlia murder. I want to see Dillinger escape plan and Durin Gray. And that was a very good choice. I think the biggest regret I have in terms of not going to see someone was Prince when he came over here. Yeah, because it was just the it was piano and something to it. Like it was literally just him and his piano, which would have still been great. But at the same time, like I want to see the band. And yeah, see... we were just like, oh, he'll be back, and then he was never back. Mm. Anyway, oh Prince. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, Dillinger Escape Plan, sick. Um, mm. and and and. Converge has a large following. I never listened to Converge. I will at some point. That's another band, like Bad Brains. It's like, I need to at some point. Yeah. Give them a full listen. I'm not actively against them. I just haven't listened to them. Uh, Kind of like the Dillinger Escape Plan, their performances were known for being abrasive, volatile, and a bit of an unpleasant scene. They Mm. would often end with destroyed equipment strewn all over the venue, where Hare Krishna attire, garb, uh, they would also perform public masturbation. What the fuck? And having members of the, and I put this in MSN Messenger font, straight edge, hardcore scene trying to start fights with the band. They just sound like a bunch of dicks. It sounds like very much they were influenced by probably Gigi Allen. Yeah. And yeah. he was a he was a absolute garbage person. I just like... I, I shouldn't say that because he's dead, but he he was, you know... Like, I get the need to, well, not need, but the desire to make your art confronting and difficult and have that be part of the message. But also, I don't see the point of putting something on that actively makes people uncomfortable Mm. and actively makes people feel alienated. Like, I don't care if that's part of your artistic thing if, in reality, it just translates to we are being openly hostile right now. Yeah. Like, fuck that. Like, I've heard people who have gone to Gigi Allen and mm. the Murder Junkies shows before, mm. and they're like, yeah, loved it. Absolutely loved every second of it. It's like, what part of having a man throw his shit at you? Like, That's... cutting himself, bleeding everywhere, masturbating punching you in the face like what part of that do you enjoy i'm not trying to yuck on your yum but i just i'm curious what part about that is enjoyable to you i guess it's i suppose it's one of those things where you i imagine people would have been familiar with his work so they knew what they were in for so to speak oh yeah yeah but like i don't know i've already talked to you about this but a couple of days ago i went to this really interesting talk about consent just in the broader scheme of things beyond like, enthusiastic consent, all that kind of stuff. And there was one speaker who did some really interesting work on consent in the context of space and, like, how we engage with public spaces and things. And it was eye-opening. Like, it's stuff that I've just taken, like, I'm aware of but take for granted, but just being reminded of the types of, like, 
privileges the types of things that we give up when we enter into certain public spaces and like the kind of consent that we aren't allowed to give or the kind of consent that we give as a blanket sort of thing for like for instance buying a ticket to a show you've given up your consent to not be photographed you've given up your consent to yeah blew my mind that one yeah like even just like things that when i was a kid and i took for granted like i'd go to a show and just hurl myself into a mosh pit Mm. like yeah there will be people who go to shows who feel actively uncomfortable about those kinds of interactions but everyone just assumes like oh we're all here for the same reason like let's do this like so yeah the idea of going to go see a band like these guys coalesce because you enjoy their music but then being confronted by this like because to me i could be wrong because i only listen to this song but like that on stage presence does not align with the music necessarily and that's really shit like uh, yeah, I think people could be forgiven for rocking up and expecting something completely different oh, and yeah. then leaving and being like, what the fuck was that? Oh, yeah. Anyway. No, and like, I, I say like their, their live performances were abrasive, like Dillinger Escape Plan. Like, Dillinger Escape Plan never would do stuff like that. They would no. They would jump off the, the speakers. They would sort of, you know, if they had rafters that they could climb on, they'd, oh, they'd climb on the rafters. Yeah. It never felt unsafe to be at a Dillinger Escape yeah. Plan show. It felt like maybe one of them might one of the band members might kill themselves, but, you know, I'm not going to be the one... I'm not going to die myself, or I'm not going to have bodily fluids thrown at me. Well, that, yeah, like, there's a huge difference. Like, I remember... And it always cracks me up, and we'll bring them back into the conversation later, but my first show was Green Day, supported by Jimmy Eat World and My Chemical Romance. And at the time, I knew Jimmy Eat World via Sweetness and The Middle, so I was like, sick, whatever. Um, Green Day, I was obsessed with. I was so excited. My Chemical Romance, I had a vague idea of who they were, but I wasn't sure. And then I remember Gerard, like, coming on stage, and that was when he was not in a great place. Mm. And he was a bit messy. Like, he was a good performer, but I just remember him, like, coming out and just shouting it, like, you motherfuckers! I want you to get up! And I just remember being like, whoa! Like, pump the brakes! (laughs) Like... First of all, who the fuck are you? And, like, why are you telling me what to do? Like, fuck off. I'm just imagining this silent crowd and you just being like, no. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, how about we just have a nice time? It just reminds me of that meme of, like, how's everyone going tonight? Then, like, me in the back, like, things have actually been rough the last couple of... <laughs> um, and, but, yeah, like, I love My Chemical Romance to death now. But I remember at the time, and, like, there's a difference between, like, that sort of level of, like, oh, like, that's a bit different Mm. and a bit confronting versus I am going to masturbate in front of you on stage without your consent. Like, fuck that. Yeah. Anyway. My first show was Ben Harper and Jack Johnson, and I hated it. (laughs) Didn't you, like, smell marijuana? That was was the eye-opening moment of, oh, that's what marijuana smells like. (laughs) And it smelled very, 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 very similarly to one of my primary school friends' house. Oh, no. Because I'm sure his parents were probably smoking weed when the kids were asleep. Oh, that's dark. Oh, man. It's weed. It's not man. Yeah, that's true, I guess. But, yeah, I liked one, one Ben Harper song when I was 14. (laughs) And my parents, look, love them. Love them to death. They're my parents... They're great. They're the best. Yes. They 
we're like, oh, he likes Ben Harper. Let's get him a Ben Harper and Jack Johnson ticket. You know what? Like, for your age at the time, you probably weren't a fully-fledged, like, metalhead. Is no, I was, I was fully into punk, though. Ah. Like, I went I went with, like, my studded belt and my <laughs> swoopy hair. And, and <laughs> everyone else was in ponchos and <laughs> bare feet. And, Chucking shuckers yeah, everywhere. Yeah, the shucks. I still can remember there was just one kid as well who was maybe, like, 18 who had, like, a skinny white boy but he had a big afro and he was wearing a Rough Rider jersey. You know, Rough Rider DMXs. Yep, yep, ripped. yep, yep. That's brilliant. <laughs> it was like... I think we both don't really want to be here. Yeah. <laughs> so wait, did you go with the mate? No, I no, didn't no, go no, with... No, I, I, gotcha. oh, no, I went with... Yeah, no, I went with... So a couple of their friends' kids were going... Like one of their kids who I was friends with. Yeah. And then their her sister. Yeah. Her older sister and their friends were going as well. Right. Because I could, like... Had you not already been, like, a kind of obvious, like, little punk kid... I could see them as being like, you know what? He's old enough to start going to shows. Let's get him started. Like, mm. that's very funny. <laughs> yeah, did, did not have a great time. Uh, anyway, it let's. Just, it was just slow. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so, people like Ben Weinman of the Dillinger Escape Plan. I'm also. Sh- I'm pretty sure he's also from Giraffe Tongue Orchestra. If I'm, ah. if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Um, Frank Iero. Of My Chemical Romance mm-hmm. and bands like War From A Harlot's Mouth have all stated Coles as an influence to their own musical genius. Well, there you go. Shall we discuss the 600-pound gorilla in the room, which is James DeWeese, or shall we hold off on him a bit later? You know what? I think we should talk about him now. Do you mind if I just get comfortable for a second? Yes. We can leave that in if we want. I don't really care. <laughs> It's me leaning back going, oh yeah. Now lean back. Now I'm comfortable. Yeah? Yeah. All right. So, according to your notes, which you were very kindly put together, uh, James Dewey's, so the guy who basically just came in and... Jimbo. Hey! He just kind of came in and threw the band off their axis somewhat. That must suck for him as well, because he's like, oh yeah, I'm going to be the lead singer, and then he becomes <laughs> the drummer. You know, like, that's... Sort of on him, though. Like, drummers are great. I love drummers. Yeah. Drummers are the, the beat to the band. Yes. They're the backbone. You need a drummer. Yes. But at the same time, you're not the vocalist. Yes. Unless you're... Yeah. Um, I think the drummer from the Eagles sings. Yes. So, James Deweese, he, aside from muscling his way into Coalesce... <laughs> He has worked as a touring and recording musician for the likes of the Get Up Kids. Uh, He toured on keyboards for Newfound Glory and My Chemical Romance. Uh, He's also worked with Frank Iero and his side projects. Um, As Sam has bluntly put it here, (laughs) he's also the idiot that announced that My Chemical Romance was getting back together earlier this year. So I personally have a bone to pick with James Dewey's. I remember seeing this and it was like, and it came up a couple of times on my, you know, recommended stories section. Mm. And I was just like, My Chemical Romance is getting back together. And I was like, I don't really care that much. Look, if you if you wanted to go to My Chem and you're like, hey, do you want to go see My Chemical Romance with you? I'd go see My Chemical uh, Romance. I've never seen My Chemical Romance. You know what? Fuck it. I'd go see My Chemical Romance I fucking... It, hurt, it still hurts my heart these days that they're not around anymore. Like, 
They seem to be doing. So, they all seem to be doing so well. I know. Like I'm so like, happy on, for like, all of them. How great is Gerard doing? I, oh, good I, on you, Gerard. Like you're you're great. I still remember the day that they broke up. It was a few or few ish days before my birthday back in like 2013, I think it was. And yeah, I remember seeing the news and just being like, oh, for fuck's sake. And then like I went home and legitimately just like cried because I was so gutted. And then for the 10 year anniversary of the Black Parade, Warner Brothers Music, I think it was all. Yeah, Warner. Oh, yeah. The record label did a whole marketing thing, which all of the fans took the wrong way to mean, like, they're coming back, they're doing a thing, like, it's been 10 years, they're going to do a reunion tour, and we all just lost our minds to the point that Gerard, on behalf of the band, had to come back and be like, hey, guys, like, super excited that you guys are, like, still so into the band and what we stood for and all this, but we're not actually doing anything. Don't have the best news for you, though. Uh, So then, fucking June this year, James Dewey's comes out and says, that's right, because he, yeah. As we stated, was playing, doing keys for Frank Iero. Yes. Um, And he also, I think Reggie and the Full Effect might have been touring with Frank Iero and the Future Violence. And so Dewey's was bringing up the band at shows and telling them, like, they might be working on something. And I remember you, like, I came home and you're like, oh, did you hear that my chem might be... And I was just like, it's not true. And <laughs> like... you were just like, you kept going like, who the fuck is this James Dewey's guy? What the hell does he know? What is he... No, no, no. Yeah, because I'd also, like, forgotten that he had toured with my chem. But even so, like... <sighs> So, yeah, I'm looking at an article from Alternative Press at the moment, um, and there's a quote. When he was opening for the Future Violence tonight, he said he was in Death Spells and Leathermouth and another band with Frank and sort of trailed off slash whispered that they might be working on something. So that was from a Reddit user. Uh, It probably doesn't mean anything this user said, especially since he seems to joke around a lot during his sets, but I thought it might be worth some baseless speculation that's exactly what it was. It was baseless speculation. I think Frank actually came out and was like, "No." Nah, like... I thought it was something like he was at a he was at a recording studio or he was in like a practice space. Frank and his band were in the next room over, and they were they were practicing. They, they were it was warming up, and they were doing a Mike Hem song. And he's like, "Oh my god, I can hear My Chemical Romance in the next room." That was actually one of the fucking Jonas Brothers who did that. that. Was one of the Jonas Brothers that? So I also have a bone to pick with the Jonas Brothers because yeah, God damn it, Jonas! Like, look, if you had been part of like this huge Zedgeist of a band, and now you're working on your own shit, you probably would warm up with like a couple of your old songs because they're part of your repertoire. Yeah. And so then, I can't remember which... You know what? I'm going to look it up so I can call them out by name. You should have stuck to your promise ring and promised to not get people's hopes up, Jonas. I don't know which one you are. It was... Joe Jonas. God. You son of a bitch. God, Joe. So, bear with me. I am pulling up an article from loudwire.com. That's right. So, Joe Jonas was doing an interview with Kiss FM in the UK and one of the show's hosts brought up My Chemical Romance for some reason and Joe was like, I've got some dirt. My Chemical Romance apparently were rehearsing next to us in New York recently, which I thought they broke up, so I don't know. Turns out it was Frank with his band 
in the room next to them doing warm-ups with his like side project and joe just (sighs) so anyway that was really infuriating and Mm. then james dewey is like doubling down and being like oh yeah they're definitely working on something he's like just don't yeah like you cannot toy with us because yeah it's such a sore point like you cannot do this time I love, it's a delicious idea for me. The image of them, because they were always very uniform. They would always, yes. I mean, I'm thinking of the bulletproof vests oh. phase, the Black Parade. I mean, the Black Parade's iconic. Yeah. But like, because they had a uniform. Mm-hmm. I love the idea of them just going on stage in their current separate oh. forms and just having like Dad Gerard. On stage in his Crocs. That would be so (laughs) cute. His dude Lebowski friggin' cardigan. Frank Iero dressed like Sludge Man. And then I don't know any of the other band members. Ray would just look exactly the same. Ray, the other guitarist. I just love the idea and like Gerard with his like long hair and just his little dad mustache as well. I I love it. But then like going out and just killing it. It just, it makes my heart so happy to see them all just living their best lives. Yeah, absolutely. Like, especially Gerard, like, he's just gone full dad mode and, like... But how good's Umbrella Academy? Oh, so, so, so good. And just, like, yeah, like, when he was a kid, he, like, he was a husky kid. He was a chubby kid. He slimmed right down when he yeah, was in my camp. And then he's just gone back to his dad bod yeah. and he just looks so healthy and happy and it makes me so just warm inside. But I doesn't just... that idea like them not giving not giving enough of a shit to dress yeah. up, doesn't that kind of like, don't you kind of want to see that? Oh, I know. That, oh, don't. <laughs> That's the thing is like, it's one of those things like, please don't even tease it as a possibility. It's a bit like winning the lottery, like when you start mm. to think like, oh, and then I'd buy this thing and you get a bit too invested. You're like, oh, and then I'd do this. But, like, it's not going to happen. One of those things, like, if you think Fallout Boy, and Fallout Boy seemed like a much more contentious band, mm. a much more fractious band. Yeah. As opposed to My Chemical Romance, who seem to just, they all seem to just go, are we not feeling it? No. So then they, they stopped. I think, yeah. The... And it, it seems like the idea that Fallout Boy, who at one point seemed to kind of hate each other, could get back together and then record, like, three more albums after that. Yeah. Could yeah. work. Why can't Mike and McGrimms? But if they're also just not... They might just go, you know what? No, that was that was something in the past. And I seem to recall, like, there were rumblings of, like, there had been some tensions. And, like, for instance, the drummer Bob Breyer, like, there was... He left the band. Like, there's bad blood between him and the rest of the band, I think. Um... And then I think there was just general tension within the band before they split up. But yeah, like, I like that they didn't sort of try and hash it. Like, they just went, yep, like, we're good. Yeah. Um, That's not to say Fallout Boys no, like, uh, reunion hasn't oh, been successful. Cause it's it's been it's majorly been, successful. Know. And that's the thing, is they gave themselves the space to do their own shit for a while, and then they came back. Um but anyway, all this to say is James Dewey's spoke out a turn and made me and a lot of other people really angry. How dare you, sir? And he also just, he's been followed around by just controversy. Like, he just seems to stir shit up. Well, like, he's been, him and the Get Up Kids have parted ways recently. Yes. We don't quite know why. 
And, you know, that could be amicable. Who knows? So I think it was just over a month ago, um, just before the Get Up Kids were due to tour over here. Unfortunately, I didn't get to go see them, but I have seen them before for the, I think it was the 25, 15, 25 year anniversary of um, Something to Write Home About, which is such a good album. So that was a really great show. So they're great live. But um, yeah, they were due back over here for the first time since that show. Literally, like, in the weeks leading up to it, they just issued a post on their socials and it literally just said, James Deweese is no longer a member of the Get Up Kids. So, on one hand, like, keeping it classy and just stating the facts, keeping it neutral, like... But then there is that undertone of, like, so what happened? Is that what they said? Like, yeah. it was just... See, that, like, yeah, it's classy, but at the same time, it's like... Usually, you might Usually say, Usually, like, there's like, oh, we wish them all the best and blah, blah, blah. We but... wish you the best in your future endeavours. Yeah. Kind of thing. And you, that, that kind of tells me, like, maybe something wasn't great there. Maybe yeah. something went wrong there. I don't know. So, yeah, like, nobody from the band or, like, their reps, like, nobody has clarified what happened not that we have the right to know but it is very telling that there wasn't anything further said yeah and then for instance on reddit uh within the indie heads subreddit someone posted that post where it just announced that and was like does anyone know what happened and yeah one random redditor i won't give the name just because it's probably not appropriate but they commented that Instagram points to him being the new Jesse Lacey, but instead of teenagers, it's single moms. So, yeah. I don't know if it's true. There is an Instagram account called... I don't Bit- know who Jesse Lacey is, but... Brand new lead singer. Ah, uh, okay. Um, so, yeah, there's an Instagram account. Uh, the handle has been there, felt that over it. It is now private. I remember it wasn't when I first saw it. Um... And, yeah, there's claims, and I'll say huge capital letters allegedly here, but there's claims to do with stealing money, there's claims regarding mental abuse, sexual abuse, like, mm. there's if the, some... if those claims are, you know, true, then that's not really the kind of person that you want. God, no. no. But, yeah, I think even outside of those very serious allegations... Yeah, there's been even just a few cases of, like, people just weren't receiving their merch when they paid him mm. for stuff. And, like, I think, yeah, obviously, well, not obviously, but, like, I think he's, yeah, there's something below the surface that we aren't aware of. And I think they made the decision to just cut him out and... Just be done with it. I will just say, how dare you surf the My Chemical Romance thing and everything else is up in the air. Yes. Allegedly. Absolutely. Up in the air, we don't know. Um, so, yeah. I don't know. It's just, yeah. We can only assume that this whole coalesce thing was the catalyst for it all. <laughs> I just, that's what I mean. Like, he just... I don't, I know. don't we, like... We, we saw the joke the last week. It's really good. I'm into, you know, creating villains. <sighs> I don't like that idea of, like, buying into drama or someone being, like, someone who just thrives off drama or drama follows them. But, like, drama follows this dude. Like, Yeah, just... it seems like it. Yeah. And, like, yeah, you just sort of encounter these people every now and then. It's just, like, good lord. Like, it, It's kind of... It's the equivalent of, of, of a bit of real estate that's just, like... How we were talking about, like, restaurants. It's just, like, 
there's just something about the place or something that just never works. Yeah. This yeah. one building will just never work. And it's just like this one person, it's just always going to follow them. Yeah. Shit's just going to always follow them. So, yeah, who knows? Look, if we hear any other reports to do with what happened between James and the Get Up Kids, like, yeah, I'm sure we'll it. feed them back yeah. in here at some point. But for now, it's all just a bit of a mystery, really. What what was this episode about again? (laughs) (laughs) I know, I remember. Blue, Color Lullaby, and Coalesce. What do you think of the song? It's good. Like, it's just... It's a song. Um, I mean, I was... My my initial thought was, it's interesting because it's a song that was initially... That was meant to be an acoustic song, not not the other way around. But it's like, well, anyone who writes an acoustic song... (laughs) means for it to be an acoustic I song. I don't... I guess you... I don't know. You can always... But, like, I'm sure that a lot of the... Like, the other bands that we've covered in the acoustic series haven't then... Haven't written it going, oh, yeah, then we can turn this into an acoustic song. It's like, well, Fearless Records has asked us to do this this compilation mm. album. Oh, yeah, we can do this song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what yeah. you mean. I think it's not the kind of stuff I would have listened to. It's a lot more just sort of generic rock than I was expecting. I I think the opening yep. is very strong. I, yep. I love the opening and it has this really somber quality to it. And then it's basically the chorus hits and it's like, you know, most I'm sure most alt-rock bands in the 90s mm. kind of wrote this, this sort of song. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a Soundgarden song that sounds like this. Yeah. Or a a Pearl, like Pearl Jam. Yes. Definitely have done a song that sounds like this. And Have definitely done 20 songs that sound like this. Sorry, Eddie. Or even like a, like, a very watered down version of like Live or Creed. Just that sort of like, not sludgy, but just sort of like droney, like rock guitars. Like, I don't know. A watered down version of two very famous Christian rock bands. Yes. That is 100% what I'm saying right now. I, I love this idea of, like, watered-down Christian rock. It's like, Creed and Live are too... It, it, it would be a joke in The Simpsons where it's like, Creed and Live are too heavy for... Rod and Flet, Todd. Yeah, for Rod and Todd, <laughs> for Ned and Maud. It's like, it's too sacrilegious. Oh, man. So, like, it's... Yeah, it's a... Good song, but... I'm already struggling to remember it, and we literally just listened to it before the show. Yeah, I've listened to it a few times, and that's still in me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like the chorus, yeah. I the first bridge, yeah, is fantastic because yep. it has that. I don't know exactly what to call it, but it's kind of like that classical gas. Now do a classical <laughs> gas. It's that classical gas kind of like. I don't know if it's like Latin guitar, Mexican guitar, oh, Spanish okay, guitar, flamenco yeah. kind of guitar. Yeah. You know, they're sort of like on just nylon strings. That really kind of like cool sort of sounding yeah. music you might hear in like an early Robert Rodriguez movie or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and it fits, I feel like it does fit really well into the song. Then the next bridge comes along... <laughs> And this is going to be wild. You're going to probably want to quit the podcast after I say this. Sure. I don't like it because it takes me to 
the last few bars of Losing My Religion by R.E.M. I don't like the song Losing My Religion by R.E.M. You know, the last, like, the the, the exit of the song, those guitar tune like the guitar licks yeah yeah that also because that also then takes me to the um crowded house song their most famous one whatever that was called don't dream it's over mm-hmm. boys and girls this is future sam here talking to you to fix a mistake that past sam is about to make a grievous one at that you might be asking What's the future like, Sam? Well, it's pretty much the same as it was three days ago, but a pack of crystallized spiders have taken over the world, and frankly, they're kind of lovely. But the mistake in question is, I confuse crowded houses don't dream it's over with crowded houses weather with you. Now, I'm going to proceed to play don't dream it's over because then... That leads into me talking about a travel ad from the 90s from Australian television that we would that I would see as a child. The travel ad in question was for New Zealand. You know, it makes sense. This was a crowded house song, one of New Zealand's treasures, according to Kiwis. I had that confused with the Northern Territory. I don't know how it happened. They're vastly different landscapes. But I made two very big errors. Well, I made two errors in the span of a couple of minutes. And, you know, we're not at that stage yet where we have fans who want to correct us yet. But I'd like to think that in a couple of years, someone's going to get on Twitter and go, back on episode 14, you clearly were confusing this song with another song and you were clearly getting your travel ads mixed up and I would turn around and say actually that was episode 13 yeah so those mistakes were made please forgive me and the crystallized spiders are telling me that I need to wrap it up so take it away past Sam and Emma that song either and that song just makes me think of travel ads because they played it for like come see the northern territory did they really oh like when the when like in the mid 90s yeah it was all over the television and it's like i don't hear that song without without just saying like come see the northern territory and and the northern the the northern territory is beautiful it's like it's a lovely like majestic beautiful bit of bit of land but at the same time, like I don't need two Kiwi guys telling me to go there. That's that's a lot to take in. I told you it was going to be a bit. This is my brain. <laughs> this is how my brain works. Oh, I know. So no, I I I don't like the second bridge because of those reasons. It's also just like it's just that sort of like twangy kind of holding the note, sustaining the note sort of thing. Yeah. I could you know. I would just like to jump in and say you're wrong on both accounts. <laughs> 
that losing my religion and don't dream it's over are excellent songs yeah i i like it's the end of the world by rem that's the one rem song i can sort of get behind <laughs> this is not an rem podcast. no it's not thank <laughs> So, I did not get that connection at all. I'm going to have to listen to the song again to try and get inside that brain of yours and <laughs> figure out what's going on in there. Just in have the, a rustle around. In the edit, I'm going to play the bridge, that bridge, and then I'm going to play the end bit to R.E.M., and then I'm going to play like the opening bit to sure. Don't Dream, It's Over. You know what? Actually, no. I don't know why I prefaced it with you know what. One version of Losing My Religion that I love is when... That, there was, like, a YouTube user who, like, switched it all into major key instead of oh, mine. Oh, yeah. It's so good. It That's makes funny. it so triumphant and yeah. joyful. It's brilliant. Just the power of music, man. Is you saying you know what going to um, gonna be your version of I've Got a Question? Or Probably, what, what is it? Yeah. Is that what I say? Yeah. Or you just sort of preface, like, so you'll be like, I've got a question to ask or like can yeah. i ask you a question I, ask or... you a que- I don't just ask it's the just question. like well you just have I've so... a- I, yeah i've asked you i've asked you a question so now you don't need to you've asked the question don't ask them another one next time i'll just say you just did and then i'll walk away <laughs> good thing this is only a two-bedroom apartment <laughs> and you know me i'll just follow behind and continue talking this is true um i also I get back into it at the end, though. I dig the screams in an acoustic song. Yeah. I dig it. I'm into it. I think, like... You haven't explicitly asked me what I thought yet, but that's fine. It sounded like you were about to start saying, telling me what you thought, so... What yeah. do you think? I think... I... It's terrible, like, I shouldn't compare it to other songs, but to me it's just kind of like, I do compare this to something like Swing Life Away, and I'm just kind of like, meh. Like, it's good. I really like the lyrics. I like that the lyrics are so simple, and it's just repeated, isn't it? Yeah. That's really clever. Like, I know that it's a fairly common thing, but you can say so much with so little. Um, I can totally see this having been, like, the away message on, like someone's msn account or aim account oh, yeah, or definitely um oh the shit that i used to put on my oh yeah it's always just lyrics yeah i remember having beef with this kid he was actually my the boyfriend who dumped me on the way home from geelong it was his brother <laughs> and we had beef and so like for like a week or so it was just me alternating between some form of taking back sunday lyrics I was so dramatic. <laughs> Weren't we all? Oh, good lord. But yeah, like, it's, yeah, the sentiment of the song is really lovely. Like, as long as there is still breath left in your body, friend, just move. You'll sleep some other day, some other time, some other place. Just pray that your hands don't break. We walk with hard hearts and sharper tongues. The price we paid, paid in strength. Like, it's just... It's very poetic. It's a cool song, yeah. But also take into account, it's called Blue Collar Lullaby. He keeps repeating the same sort of lyrics because blue collar workers, like, we get up every day and we do the same thing. Yeah. So, like, it's doing the same thing. Like, it's telling yourself every day, get up. We've yeah. got to do this. We've got, yep. got to keep going. Yeah. You you will you will sleep eventually another day, but, like, you, you have to keep getting up and doing the same thing. 
Now keep in mind that you are classified as white collar now, baby. I don't know if I was ever classified as blue collar. No. You did say us, though. I, I know, I know. I just sort of meant, like, the like, collect, the, the, the royal, royal us. So, yeah. So a blue collar worker, according to Google, Wikipedia, is a working class person who performs manual labour. Mm-hmm. So blue collar work may involve skilled or unskilled manufacturing, mining, sanitation, custodial work... Textile manufacturing, power plant operations, farming, commercial fishing, landscaping, pest control, food processing, oil field work, waste disposal, recycling, electrical, plumbing, construction, mechanic, maintenance, warehousing, shipping, technical installation, and many other types of physical work. What are you talking about? I've done technical installation before. Sure you have. Technically, I've installed updates to my PlayStation 4. In contrast, the white-collar worker typically performs work in an office environment and may involve sitting at a computer or desk. <laughs> that is me to a T. Yep. A third type of work is a service worker, otherwise known as pink-collar, which I didn't know about, whose labour is related to customer interaction, entertainment, sales, or other service-oriented work. Yep, so... these, these hands of mine do not have the callus of... No, fuck that. I actually did... I I have worked hard jobs in the past... I just yeah. haven't I haven't done the stuff that classifies as blue collar. I think well it's yeah, fuck, like it's working that manual in a, sort of labor. Working in a drive-through bottle shop in summertime, yeah, you're working your ass off. Mm. Working in working in a Bunnings during yeah, this time of year, you're working your ass off. So, yeah, like I can definitely see this being a song that would mobilize like I don't know. It does read sort of very, like, unionised to me. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the idea of, like, the body as your, like, means to have yeah. a living. Like, yeah. just pray that your hands don't break. We walk with hard hearts and sharper tongues. The price we paid, paid in strength. Like, this is not a song that you can necessarily relate to as a weekend warrior sitting no. at your computer. Oh, absolutely not. Um... And I say, I say absolutely not as someone who is now a weekend warrior. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, look, it's a good song, but it's also not particularly memorable. I also, I guess, yeah, like I love the lyrics. I love the poeticism of them. I do like that subtext to do with like the nature of laborious work yeah um and just that the way that the song sort of ties into the daily grind as it were and just capitalism and all that kind of stuff but it's it's a conversation where i don't feel very equipped to talk about it in a broad sense but yeah we should have gotten my brother who's a floor sander on the podcast (laughs) it's that that line about that line about praying that your hands don't break as well, like, I don't know what... Because it, it would be very much blue-collar workers in America. Yeah. And I don't know whether there's, you know, big companies or whatever have that compensation. If you were to hurt yourself, whether they have something uh, like work cover. If they don't have health care, I imagine they don't have work cover. It would which, be. which, for, you know, those of you outside of Australia, it's work cover is basically, if I hurt myself at work then this government entity will look after me. They will say, okay, you can get X amount of 
X amount of dollars out of your weekly wage mm. to help you live because you've hurt yourself at work. Now, yeah. if I was to hurt myself skateboarding on the weekend, then they would say, well, no, you're an idiot. Yes. Why are you skateboarding at 30? You're not Tony Hawk. Tony Hawk. Tony Hawk is the game. Tony Hawk is the man. Because <laughs> Tony Hawk didn't know how to skateboard before the games were made. Sure. <laughs> so. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it would be like in America and it probably is a thing of like those hard jobs like working in a factory like fuck i really hope i don't hurt myself today because i can't be out of a job yeah and yeah it does feel very distinctly american in that sentiment Mm. and i guess again like i don't feel particularly equipped to talk about it on like a broader scale but you really the more i think about it you can apply this song to just that generic sense of like being a cog in the machine of like late stage capitalism like Mm -hmm. the nature of work just seems to be getting a bit more shit over Mm -hmm. time um jobs aren't as secure as they used to be the nature of work is not as secure as it once was you can be hired and fired a lot easier it seems than or like uh, yeah it's a bit more yeah it just it feels unstable and then, yeah, you've got God knows what going on just in the, uh, yeah, see, like, it, it's bringing us down. Yeah. And also like, I'm just not being very eloquent about it. We've, we spoke about it being somber and now we're somber. Yeah. Well, I spoke about liking the somberness of it, but now it's like, no, nah, actually maybe I don't. <laughs> it's Yeah. It's one of those things where you could have a very intelligent discourse about it. If you were intelligent, and I'm not feeling particularly intelligent today. Wow. I'm also sitting in a sunbeam, and it's a Sunday afternoon, and I am very lucky to be able to report that I'm just feeling a bit sleepy and a bit dozy. It's a gorgeous day outside, and I can hear both of our parents going, Go outside. You're you're spending too much time on your podcast. (laughs) Sam is waggling his finger at me. Oh, my my mother would because I would always be inside in my room playing video games, and she and with the curtains closed. And you still in. do that? <laughs> not not really, because I work five days oh, a week yeah. now. But before or, that, oh, pretty soon I work six days, then four days. This is that, but tr- Blair. In my defence, before you started this full time okay. gig, yes. there were plenty of mornings where I'd be like, "Can we just get some light in here, please?" Sure. <laughs> But yeah, she'd come in and call me Smeagol because I was <laughs> in my cave. What's Tortoise Brussels Potatoes? According to her. Yeah, I was she... always on the internet or on our Super Nintendo. She'd be like, oh, Smeagol's come out of his cave. Alright, Mum. <laughs> <laughs> so, what we're trying to say is this song is very profound but we're just not in a position to unpack it yeah 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 what do you i know this is a format that we keep sort of abandoning and coming back to every month or so what do you say is it a hell yeah or a yeah nah i feel like i can't really categorize it into either because i'm not like enthusiastic about it we had another song that was like it was like it wasn't bad but but it wasn't like earth shattering either i'd give it a i'd give it a yeah 
Yeah, I think I'd give it a yeah as well. Not like, a hell yeah. But what, um, so hell yeah, like, so nah yeah, I, I've written that, that wrong actually. Nah yeah means yeah. Yeah. So it's a, it's, look, no, it's a, it's, it's a nah yeah, because nah yeah is like, nah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, okay, I agree. Nah yeah. Um, not a, not a yeah nah, which is my fault. I forgot to write that <laughs> wrong, so. All good. Sorry, sorry folks. So, shall we wrap this up? Yeah, look. I think that that's a good place to finish. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we've done an admirable admirable job. Congratulations, us. Yes. We are fantastic. <laughs> sure. What? I'm being humble. So, next week we will be covering the song Let It Go by James Bay as covered by The Plot in You. Yes. Uh, in the meantime, you can contact us on Twitter at Punk Goes Pod, on Instagram at Punk Goes Pod, although I really haven't updated Instagram because just no one's engaging. I've, I've left that to you as well. Yeah, so. no, fair. Uh, you can also reach out to us via our email, which is punkgoespod at gmail.com. Uh, if you know us IRL, talk to us, tell us what you think. Um, get on our case for not uploading episodes quick enough on Fridays yep um, yeah like subscribe give us a review on Apple podcasts um, any exposure at this point is good yeah and and listen if you see any people dressed entirely in pink but they look like they're having a bad day just leave them alone yeah because that's someone you don't want to mess with well just Leave you see people anyone alone. who looks like they don't want to be engaged with, just leave them alone. Yeah. I feel like that's just a good rule for life. Like, if I look like I don't want to talk to you, then just don't talk to me. Yeah, I don't want to sign your petition. <laughs> well, we will see you next week. Yep, I've revealed myself to be an asshole, so. <laughs> Thank you for listening, and have a good week. Bye.